whistle is blowing, and that signals another episode of the Entrepreneur's Locker Room Chat with a Champion. Your host, Steve Brosman, a former national track champion, multi-Amazon best-selling author, and successful entrepreneur interviews leaders in their field to give you the tips, shortcuts, and strategies to help you change the game you play. And now your host, Steve Brosman. Well, the whistle has blown again, and that means it is kickoff time for another episode of the Entrepreneur's Locker Room. Today, we have the man himself, the professor, Paul, just call me righty right. Welcome along, Paul. Oh, happy, happy to be here, Bryce. I've been a, been a fan for a long time, as you know, so um, I'm happy to help in any way I can. I'll share whatever knowledge I have. Uh, sensational, buddy. Now, the reason that we are, uh, we're, we're fairly familiar with each other, we've been in and out of the fitness industry, we've known each other for well over 20 years, so I'm going to pull out some of his expertise of what he's done within the fitness industry as a, a physiotherapist, multi-practice owner, and now a legend in the online education education space. And the reason I called you the professor, because way back when I first met you, you were the physio professor and the PT professor. Can you tell me some of the early parts of uh, how that came about? Oh, mate, it, it, it came from my fastidious recording of everything I did, Steve. I, I was a recorder of information and I, um, I, I developed a stockpile of, of information and I thought, well, how can I leverage this and monetize it? at which time I had the physio practices and we had 40-odd hours worth of, of education so that, well, can we put it online? Can we do something with it? This is 10 years ago. Uh, and it became a membership program that we called Physio Professor. And it was the same with, uh, with the PT Professor. I just paralleled it, a lot of fitness knowledge in there, and it became an online resource for personal trainers. So it was a, a way to leverage my intellectual property and get some passive income, essentially. That's where it all started. Yeah, well, that's a great lesson for everybody, really, because a lot of us out there have got some great knowledge, but we do nothing with it. And as we go through this chat today, I'm going to highlight some of the uh, some of your journey, going from just a practitioner to creating the business that you've got now, which is a, a massive uh, lifestyle business. But let's let's take it right back. You were trained as a physical education teacher, then got your physio qualifications and then obviously you're a, you're a practitioner but the big step was going from just a practitioner to open up several uh, multidisciplinary clinics what was the mindset that you had to adopt going from just the technician to business owner uh but it was it was like all of us you know, i keep i do it in my lectures all the time i talk about us falling in love with our product you know, i i fell in love with the idea of being originally being a pe teacher so I fell in love with that idea. Well, I was from a small country town, Canamble, out west New South Wales. I didn't really know what else to do, and I didn't know there was, didn't even know what a physio was. But I decided to be a PE teacher. But pretty quickly, I think into that, Steve, I realised I couldn't work for myself in it. I liked the hours, and I kind of liked the idea of the holidays, but <laughs> the ceiling of income kind of got to me, and I, so yeah. I so I decided what else do I want to do? So I, I ran into a physio who I didn't even know, as I said, what that was in that stage. And then I I applied for Sydney Uni and got into physiotherapy. And you know you have those those crossroad moments, Steve, where I, I remember receiving the letter from Sydney Uni, do you want to go? I was having a great time in Newcastle, sitting on the beach, you know, <laughs> as a PE teacher. Well, I want to go to Sydney and do physio for four years. But So I got the letter and I decided to go. Um, proceeded then to have a really tough four years of uni, tough course, the physio course. 
And it's, a, it's a strong one, yeah. It was a tough one. Did did it open my first practice straight after that? And uh, to, but I didn't really at any stage think, is there a need for physio? Do they? Is there a market for it? Just because I wanted to be a physio. Luckily, stumbled across the fitness industry, opened a, a practice, and but then I was still, even though I was the art of the practice, I was the classic e-myth person. I was doing everything. I was the therapist. I was doing the invoicing. I was doing the lot. And it was only probably when I read the e-myth, Steve, that it kind of turned my my switch on. And I thought, hang on, I can I can run this business without just doing the work. And that that led to me replicating that practice and systemizing and end up having six practices. As you know, I, I hardly went to. It was, it was all from the e-myth. Yeah, well, the, the story is, and the legend has it, that you had five practices that you weren't even in the same town of. So you just turned up uh, several hours a week or every couple of weeks to make sure it was running properly. And that's a, that's a massive example for people out there to say, well, listen, uh, what have you got to do to get yourself out of the business but still run it? Well, I... I I think I, I was lucky too, Steve, that I, I really valued family time. It was always everything for me. And I and I had seen guys work their guts out and everything else. And I thought, well, there's got to be a better way than this. And and the e-myth led me down that path. But it was it was systems processes, but also a realization, mate, that you that and I think one of the things for me was I realized that I had to let go of a lot of the little bits and little bits and pieces and it had to run okay without me it wouldn't matter if I was there but it would okay without me and it was the it was a 70 percent out the door principle that I think you you showed me once so it was it went okay they made good money but they've made more money if I was there driving them seven days a week of course they would have but what cost wasn't worth it do you find because you coach people all around the world you've got um, not only physio clients but other allied health professional clients and you coach them all around the world do you find that is a stumbling block for them to grow um, not wanting to let go it's it's a, certainly a challenge they have to overcome mate. they've got to stop mm. they, it's almost a, a point in time they stop being a, a professional and start being the business owner they almost changed profession. And I, I say it to my guys, I, I originally was a PE teacher and I changed profession, I was a physio. I changed profession, I was a physio business owner. I changed profession, I was an, an information product creator. So you just, you, you have to, you redefine yourself. You don't just, you don't, if you stay as the practitioner of doing whatever you do in your profession, you, you don't see the opportunities and you get stuck in that mould. It's a different mindset when you own the place. It's a different skill set too because I've noticed that every time that you've stepped up and stepped out, you've had to and you've gone and got other qualifications. So you've got um, you know, business management qualifications and then you, once you've got your businesses operating and you looked at what next, how can I leverage myself and my knowledge to get out of this and take myself up again? And I know that one of your mentors is also previously one of my mentors as well is, is Dan Kennedy and one of the greater marketers and, and info marketers out there. And you invested in learning fairly heavily from him, so much so that I was sitting on you know, one of the gold CDs of the month one day and it comes in my inbox and you know, I've, I've got it and I've unwrapped it. And I said, Paul Wright, I wonder if that's the same guy who's sticking in. And sure enough, um, you're highlighting as one of the fantastic examples of implementing and building a great online information business and info coaching business. And Back to the question I'm getting to is, do you feel that people don't go and get those extra skills and knowledge and don't invest changing these skills and knowledge so they can expand into other areas? 
I think a, I think a lot of them understand and they do invest in it, but they don't implement it. They, they're mm-hmm. they're chronic learners, but they don't do anything with it. So I, mean, I remember listening to and you got you got to be ready for these things when they come, Steve. I, I remember one of my turning points. I'm at a I'm at a Bunnings lecture, and and you know I'm the worst handyman in the world. I'm a shocking handyman, but I'm at this Bunnings lecture. And I just—I must have walked past, and the guy was talking about chainsaw maintenance, and I don't know why I was even interested, but I sort of <laughs> my, my head sort of turned as the, as the guy said, and someone said, uh, "Do you ever get sick of showing people how to sharpen the chainsaw?" And he said, uh, "Oh yeah," he said. So as a result, he said, "I now, I videoed myself doing it, and I sell the video when I uh, when I sell the chainsaws." And I, it like hit me like a ton of bricks. Why aren't? And I was doing lectures then in the fitness industry. Why aren't I videoing these lectures and selling the product? And there were. There are turning points, bros. That was one that, that me and there was another one. I, a guy said in one of the lectures I was at, he said, uh, he said, oh, you've got to, he said, you don't want pro, you don't want clients, you want members. He said, you don't want people that are buying product. You don't want customers. You actually want someone who joins your membership model and pays a continuity income. And I was sitting there thinking, okay, continuity. So, and, and another penny dropped. So, as a result, I now have... I've got four or five continuity programs, physio professor, PT professor, profit club. My coaching program is a monthly subscription model. One minute practice is a monthly subscription model. So they're all, they're all membership models. I can disappear for a month, bros, and they just money arrives in the account every night, whether I'm there or not. So you want members that leverage from your information product or information or IP that will pay something for it. And that's that was they were the big things for me. So there's all there's lots of information out there. There's no shortage of information. There's a shortage of implementation. Just what are you going to do with it? And that's what I see so much in the entrepreneur field because there is so much out there and a lot of people do jump from one to another. And I've got a variety of clients that uh, some are uh, some online and, and many have uh, invested in their own businesses and and quite often I get asked, you know, who do you prefer to work with? And quite often I do like the bricks and mortar people. Um, generally they are professionals. They're selling their, their knowledge, their skills and their expertise, not so much, you know, boxes of widgets. But the reason being is they've invested heavily into the business to get it started and they're going to be there and they're going to do whatever it takes to make it work. So they're actually going to implement to make sure it works, where some of the people that have just got um, some brief online businesses they can walk away from, and, and they do. They go from one to another, and you see them jump because they don't invest heavily in themselves. They don't invest heavily in the business, where you're actually working with people that have got practices. Sometimes, sometimes it can go the other way, bros. Like yep. I know what you're saying, but sometimes the fact that they've spent – four years at uni to become a podiatrist, they, they're reluctant to walk away from the podiatry profession. So if I'm mentoring a podiatrist and, and they have to stop seeing patients and start running the business, they think, hang on, I, I spent four years to be a podiatrist, now I'm, now I'm running a business. That's not what I trained to do. So sometimes, sometimes the more in, they invest in their training anchors them to that profession possibly more than it should. And I, I think I was lucky. I, I don't really think I was ever anchored to being a physio, but I was, I was anchored to to finding the opportunity and I, I still do it to this day. And what frustrated me, I think, about the bricks and mortar business was there's so many rooms, so many therapists, so many hours, there was a ceiling on my income and I'd never liked a ceiling on anything. I hate anyone telling me what to do. It's the classic entrepreneur. <laughs> so you can't tell me what I can make so I can have a million members of Profit Club or one-minute practice. That, that's what I want to be involved in. So, so you've got to be careful. Your, your, your years of, of slog don't 
keep you flogging a dead horse. You've got to be able to jump off and say, well, okay, I did that. What's next? And that's one of the things that you're doing and you're doing well is you're actually educating um, and inspiring a lot of the people who are the allied health professionals into, and if they do want to stay in the practice, yeah, your one-minute practice, and I've been intimately involved in you, know, you taking it out there, is absolutely brilliant. You've got um, software and a program to be able to allow them to make their practice so much more efficient. So then they've got a choice. They can do more hours if they want to, or they can step up and, and step aside. So, uh, so you've actually taken all of your knowledge and skills and then invested this into creating this, this one-minute practice. Can you tell us how that works? Well, it was, it was another extension of what I was doing, Steve. So, so what, do you, what do you learn over you know, 20 years of running businesses? You, you learn the systems, processes and procedures. So, so I had, it boiled down to about, I think there were seven spreadsheets that I had was running the businesses. So, and then as I started mentoring clients, I'd give them these spreadsheets. So this is what I want you to do. And, but they'd essentially come back and they hadn't got it done or I couldn't check it. So I, it frustrated the hell out of me. Being a, a control freak, maybe I am, but I wanted to see these things in, in place. So I said, well, I'll, I'll create with a mate of mine an online platform for all these things to go on. We, and we got carried away. We created this great online platform. They put all their data into it. And then even, even now with my private coaching clients, I'll, I'll jump onto one-minute practice just before their mentor call and I'll have a look around and they get on the call. <laughs> it drives them crazy. They get on the call and I can easily say, what happened with Mrs. Smith yesterday? Why didn't this happen? She didn't get this. What, and then we each month, what happened? What's with your PL? What's so now they're accountable, but that the system helps them be accountable to themselves and they can then track the business whether they're there or not. If you can't do that, you've got a job. And I I didn't want to have a job. I want to be able to run these things no matter where I was. And now on the other side of the world with mentor clients, I can log in any time and know intimately how their business is going. So that's, that's brilliant. Brilliant. I I guess. I would love to see, and I'm sure you would as well, uh, some more up-to-date and some more involved parts of their training on, on how to run a business and what the next steps could be. Because I was very fortunate that uh, when I opened up the health club back in 1983, um, it was virtually, okay, well, you stick up a sign, you open the doors and you know, the people will come. Well, yeah, that didn't exactly happen, but you had to learn to do, to do other things to get them through the front door. And fortunately enough, within just a few months of me opening the doors, I built, bought my first marketing program. And back in 83, it was $1,100. So that, that was fairly expensive. And I invested heavily into that. But the great thing for me is I fell in love with marketing. I, I just it was the passion then. Yeah, I love the health and fitness industry, but then it was the, the passion for the marketing that took me on just like you to develop other programs with the kids, the seniors, the weight loss, all these sorts of things all came from the passion of the health and fitness industry, but it was the passion of marketing. And um, I know Dan Kennedy always says, "Is you are not your job, you're the marketer of your your profession. And uh, Houdini once said, they, you get good at what you do and then you get good at really, you know, you get good at one thing and then you get really good at sales and marketing. Well, it's Jim Rohn, isn't it? I mean, Jim Rohn's yeah. classic. Formal education will get you a job and self-education will make you rich. And it's exactly, it's exactly right. And I, I, did, a, I did a thing, I, I, you know, when I lecture around the place. So I'm at the, I was at a conference on the weekend, so we had a social media event and I, I posed the question, I do it all my lectures, and there's a group of, of health professionals in the room, and I say to them, is, is technical excellence a marketing advantage? So I posed that question to them, and I, 
I did it at the Orlando Conference for the Physio Association of America. I do it around the world. Is technical excellence a marketing advantage? And I and I pull up two people out of the crowd and I put one on one side and I put one on the other side. So this guy here, he's the best therapist I've ever seen. He's he's a genius. He's he's unbelievable. He can fix anything. This guy on the other side, he's hopeless. He's the wor- absolutely worst therapist I've ever seen. Does it? If I'm marketing these guys, does it matter to me whether they're any good or not? And they all want to say yes. They all, the whole crowd, because you spent years at uni, you want to say they're technically great. You want to say it's a marketing advantage. But it's a loaded question. It, it's not. I can market the idiot just as successfully as I market the genius. I, I, can, I can get the, 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 the idiot might be able to string a few words together. So I can put him on a YouTube video. I can create an ebook for him. I can, I can make him a superstar. So I can, I can market the idiot equally as effectively as I can market the genius. So it's not a marketing means at all to be technically excellent. These days, it's a price of entry, Steve. You've got to at least be that. Yes. What it, is, it is a retention advantage, which is now a, a thing altogether. But in terms of marketing, the marketers win. I mean, we keep talking about McDonald's hamburgers. The marketers win every day. Yeah, and, and that, that's very typical of um, you know, the brown box syndrome is there could be, you know, if you're a physio and you call yourself a physio, no one knows until they actually get in and have some treatments from you, whether you're good, bad, or indifferent. And that will keep the retention and the referrals coming along if if you're good. Yeah. But it doesn't get you through the front door. It's how do you stand out and get the people through the front door through you know being positioned differently and marketing yourself better. Which is what you've been great at. And you position and you've got to position the practice. You don't just position the therapist. You can't position mm. the person. So you you're great at packaging the product, the outcome. What's the outcome everyone will get? Because we know the therapist is going to turn over. We know we're going to lose those people. And I, I still, and I, my, my worst one, I still have nightmares about the time I had the, um, the expert in lymphedema, Steve. He, he came into the practice as a therapist who had a, a real expertise in a certain physical condition. And I gave him a job, of course. And, and of course, Dopey Dora here didn't get him to train all the team in how to do lymphedema, which is I should have been doing. This guy... Apps and leaves, like they all do at some stage. Years later, I'm still getting calls from people wanting lymphedema, and I didn't have. And every time he, every time the phone rang and someone said it, it was like putting a stake in my heart. <laughs> it was you, idiot! You idiot! You idiot! You've got it. You've got to don't don't be rely on anyone of anything. So if you've got a superstar, get them to train everyone else. Write down how you do it. Video them how you do it. And that was what I, I remember waking up one night, bros, in in the practice because my admin girl, who was a superstar, knew everything, and I knew nothing. But I remember sitting there thinking, if something happened to her, I'd be I'd be ratchet. So I so I rang her that get there early. We did a day on the on the camera. I'm going to stand behind you with the camera all day, and you're going to show me exactly what you do. And and at least then at the end of the day, I had something. If she was hit by a bus, at least I had something to fall back on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, well, what you said there is, is two very important things: is your practice manager knew more about it than what you did, which means you've trained her well and you could step away and you didn't have to be there. And then you identified, well, there has to be a transition sooner or later. So take, you know, take necessary steps to be able to do that. They're all going to leave, as as Dan Kennedy will say, all horses go lame. <laughs> They're all going alone at some stage, mate. You just got to make sure you're prepared for it. And don't think they won't. And don't, I mean, we, I've had I've had clients this week. They, a couple of them had massive amounts of money embezzled because of of just not being all over the front desk. And I said, well, that would they would have thought it'll never happen to my business. She'll never do that. Mm. Well, she went lame. They all go lame. 
A couple of last questions as we get going because uh, we've covered a whole heap today and some really good stuff there for practitioners who want to step up and you've shown them the way that they can and should. But, um, yeah, the Entrepreneur's Locker Room is all about the, the four Bs, brain, body, brand and business. And I know your lifestyle is, is something that is very important to you. And so is your surf life-saving career. Oh, my my <laughs> struggling surf life-saving career. Yes, yes. They'd have to bring that up. Remember one of my, one of my failures? No, it's not one of your Well, it, it's not a failure because you're out there, you're having a go, and it's one of the things that uh, I think is so crucial to people out there is to, is to have that physical goal. Um, you know, I come from a sporting background and everything I do, I'm, I'm competing and it's generally against myself and just to always trying to make myself better. But you're also training to be out there and be competitive in the, in the Masters in the Surf Lifesaving. Uh, so tell us why you do it and how important is it to you for the overall lifestyle? Well, mate, uh, uh, let me start with something first. You... you You've got, this is a lesson I share with everyone that I speak to. It, it all comes back to you looking after the family and, and being there for your family. So I wanted a business, and this is entrepreneurial. This is entrepreneurial one hundred and one. I wanted a business that would give me freedom of time and freedom of money, because I because I firmly believe there's no such thing as quality time with your family. So there's no, it doesn't exist. You can't you can't say at, at two o'clock on Friday I'm going to be there for the family. We'll spend some quality time together. That's not how family time works. Family time is quantity time. It's because you're there, it'll happen. Like I, yep. the example I use, it's it's two o'clock of a Friday after, on a Friday afternoon. Once I'm at, I'm sitting at the back deck, my second eldest daughter comes in, stands in the in the door, and just bursts into tears. Like, and she's not a cry; she just dissolves into tears. Yeah, okay, darling. And she and something happened with the partner, and you know this, and I, and and, it, and she had a cuddle for a while, and they said, I'm okay, dad, and off she went. Now. I can't plan that. I, I can't. I can't say Jade break down at two o'clock on Friday when I'm there because I'm not there otherwise. Like that, you've got to be there for that stuff. So if you ever think about you know, quality time with the family, it's not that. It's about just spending the time, and you need to create a business that lets you do that. Which is why, so for me, my time now. Now the kids are getting older. It's surf life saving. It's spending time with some blokes out on the water. It's out in nature. You're scared to death a lot of the time, and you don't think of anything else. <laughs> so it's it's part of that release that I get from the gym, but also get from from doing an activity that is competitive, fun with a great bunch of guys, and very very also family focused. Now the wives come, and we just have good fun. So yeah. you've got to have that. You've got to have that. That's what it's all about. You, you remember those things. You don't remember the patient you saw at four o'clock on a Friday afternoon, but you remember the the time you disappeared around the heads off Newcastle in the fog and nearly died because you couldn't find your way back. That's what you remember, Steve. Yeah, yes, <laughs> and and that that's what it's all about is creating memories, yep. and and that's 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 the biggest thing because yeah, the kids grow up, they go away, but it is creating memories. And and one of the things you've always said, uh, well, I've always seen that um, how do kids spell love? T I M E. I've got a mate of mine. We, we get together every year. There's about six blokes we get together, my cousins and everything else. And one of the guys, one of the guys who's a really top-level sports physician couldn't make it one year. And I said, mate, what's going on? He said, uh, oh, man, I've got, a, I've got a, a list of patients I can't shuffle. I said, mate, you have got to be joking. I said, don't make me come up there and get you. I said, what are you going to remember? Are you going to remember the Achilles tending you treated or are you going to remember seeing Wayne disappear over the handlebars of his quad bike into the river? 
what are you going to remember? <laughs> Fair enough, he's there. So don't, 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 these things, you don't get too many opportunities. Just make the most of them. That's why we're entrepreneurs. So we have freedom of time, freedom of money. That's why many people become entrepreneurs, but quite often they don't do the extra steps to you know, spend time with that. And I tell people I'm a 24-7 entrepreneur, but I'm also a 24-7 dad. Yep. And, and that's the way it works. Okay, time for the Fast and Furious Five, and we're going to ask uh, some, well, not so much probing questions, but I think I've already heard the answer to the first one coming up, which is uh, outside of business, uh, what uh, sporting or activity would you like to be known as a champion of? Well, it's a matter of time before I win the, the Australian Surf Ski Championships. The guy, the guy in our in our club, though, unfortunately, is actually one of the best in Australia, and he continues to be in the distance every time I go out there. And I've I know the back of his head very well, and he even disappears sometimes. I don't even know where he is. So uh, I'm a long way off the pace. But that's, well, that'll happen. That'll, that'll happen. happen. It's a matter of time. Yeah, certainly. Um, what habit would you like to change? Matt, I'm a, I'm a chronic hair twiddler. Uh, if my hair gets too long at the front, I'll twiddle it. So Helen says that's that's always a signal to get a haircut. <laughs> says you've got to get a haircut. If it so, gets long enough to twiddle. Now, a, now I've started, as I get older, mate, now I'm twiddling the eyebrows. It's getting worse. Mate. It's, <laughs> oh, no, it's a disaster. As long as you don't twiddle the, the ear. <laughs> Matter of time. That's not, a, that's not a good look at, at all. Who's been the biggest inspiration in your life? I, I, my beautiful wife, Helen, as you know Helen very well. I know uh, Helen well. Uh, an, an incredible, you know, when you meet the right person and they and they balance you. Um, without without her, I, I probably would have been a workaholic. Um, I, I, I think I would have been a millionaire, but I would have been a very very unhappy millionaire. I think I, I just got. I needed someone to balance to balance me because I can be obsessive in nature. So, and Helen was was really that balance for me and. And we, we laughed that when we had the practices together because I was the straight up numbers guy. And those that know me, I was born without a guilt gene. Don't have a huge amount of empathy. I've just, well, this is, if you're going to do it, just do it, mate. Don't worry about it, just do it. But Helen was the heart and soul of the practice. So she had the empathy, the nurturing. And, and so if you've got to have that balance in your life and it balanced the business nicely for us. So Helen's my, uh, my number one. I can understand that because I think as long as I've known both of you, you have been together. So that's, uh, and you have been a very dynamic couple. So uh, I can totally expect that you would have said her. (laughs) Now, the last question is an interesting one. I quite often need to explain the question itself. So if you were to be the answer of a quiz show question, what would you like the question to be? Who, Who was the guy that got it right? With family time, with with work life balance, if there's such a thing, who was who was the guy that, that typified family time and family comes first? That would be me. That's a damn that's a damn good question. It's a damn good answer. Right. <laughs> what what have other people said? What 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 other the the guy the guy that invented something? What was uh, what, look? What there has been a variety of answers. We've got one coming up uh, that's going out shortly that uh, wanted to be known as one of the best in the world at Russian trivia. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. Just got back. Mate, Russia's a great place. Don't have as much trivia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what the guy? What uh, the guy say? What the guy say in uh, in. Uh, where were we in in Russia? And he said, uh, from the he said that that bottom of that the bottom floor of that building is the tallest building in Moscow. It was the KGB building. He said, from the bottom you can see Siberia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
mate, it is always a blast getting on having a chat with you. Now, I'm sure there's going to be some people in uh, different allied health professions and things like that. What would be the best way that they could actually contact you? And we'll make sure it's um, all around here. Well, I'm a big LinkedIn fan, as mm-hmm. you know, so I'm a huge on LinkedIn. So search for Paul Wright, uh, Newcastle, uh, LinkedIn, and, and connect with me on there. In terms of the websites, heaps of free information. Go to healthbusinessprofits.com. That's my main my main site. There's webinars there. There's free resources. Uh, if you're interested in one minute practice, there's the one minute how to run a one minute practice book, which you can get it and, and find out about the program at one minute practice.com. That's O N E minute practice.com. Fantastic. Uh, So if you are an allied health professional of any description, I'd say just jump on and just get some of that information because um, he's the man that's gone from uh, just being a practitioner to a multi-practice owner to now coaching people all around the world and uh, certainly a guy to listen to. Thanks for jumping on, Paul. And if you enjoyed this one, make sure you do subscribe. Head over to the Entrepreneur's Locker Room Facebook page so we can uh, interact with you there. We're going to have another fantastic interview, another chat with a champion coming up real soon. Cheers. Well, that's full time on this episode. But don't forget to subscribe, rate, and we'd love you to leave a comment. Head over to the Facebook group, The Entrepreneur's Locker Room, where there'll be some great bonus content to help you step up and play a bigger game.